and welcome to the podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another week of Romance and Color. Yes, coming off a very, very full week last week. Yes, it um, was a full week. Mm-hmm. We had a lot going on, a lot yeah. going on. Um, shout out to uh, everybody who tuned in for our Galentine's Day live Instagram podcast. Uh, we had a whole lot of fun. Yeah, we talked about a lot of topics. Um, it truly was a celebration of womanhood, and I had so much fun. We talked yes. about everything. Yes, shout out to Angela Anderson of Angela Anderson Presents who joined us. Really, <laughs> Hi, really, a, it was so much yeah, fun having her. Yes, it was such a nice surprise to have her on. Yes, uh, we talked about so much Simone Biles, viral TikToks. Um, leaked penis pictures Mercy. and ultimately we talked about sisterhood and Kiera Sheard and her whole no women in the house thing um, but other than that uh, it was a really really great 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 uh, Galatine's Day podcast yeah. yeah, and then on top of that we also had our men's romance roundtable which dropped that Friday um, so y'all had like a two for one this week and shout out to everybody who participated uh rory mo uh j mail rm y'all were amazing amazing and thank and you it seemed everybody. like people really loved that podcast yes really yeah it was very getting, well received we're getting so much positive feedback about it uh from the romance community saying thank you for highlighting these voices um it's good to have men be represented mm-hmm. and talk about you know, issues other than the toxic masculinity in these podcasts that we get all the time. Yeah, I think so, it was the breath of fresh air that people mm-hmm. appreciated. It was much yes. needed. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, we also had a giveaway for the J.N. Wells trilogy, uh, which someone won. Um, we talked a little bit about a couple uh, um, uh listening and romance things and we talked about stuff that's coming up uh love is blind uh lying sisters the courtship and my obsession with love and leashes which is like my new <laughs> movie uh, but anyway but how was your weekend otherwise Kitty? uh my weekend was good i'm just trying to think if there, if there were any highlights i just relaxed and did some work around the house um mm. which for me is relaxing Mm. And um, just kind of basking in, a, like you said, a very jam-packed, exciting week. Yes, And yes. yeah, it was it was a really nice, relaxing week. What about you? How was your weekend and your week? Well, I'm trying to get myself back on track. And I'm struggling because, you know, our birthday is coming up in about a month or yes, so. Yes, it is. Yes, it and is. I want to try and lose some weight. And okay. I've been struggling back and forth. The scale has been going up and out, up and out, and not really moving. And so I'm trying to get myself together. Mm-hmm. I, I had ordered a pair of pants, honey. They did not fit. And I guess that's like, motivation, maybe. I don't yes, know. Or you could yes, just send them back. And right back. Okay. Yeah. No, I refuse to get a okay. bigger damn size. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, that'll. I refuse. Because I was like, honey, if I got to go up a size, no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I am keeping these pants as motivation. Mm-hmm. To look good or whatever. And then I had this jumpsuit I want to get into. And as a matter nice. of fact. Is that kind of your birthday outfit? I think so. Well, I'm going to wear it to a concert. Okay. Is it going to be like to. that episode of, um, remember when the Cosby show when Felicia Rashad wanted to get into that dress for her? <laughs> <laughs> but she got into it, though. At the end, oh, my God. Over croutons with her sister. That was too cute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, I, I hope, guess we can all relate not. as women to you. Yes. Oh, my God. I hope not. But, 
Yeah. As a matter well, of you fact, have I'll... a husband who's such an amazing cook and just makes wonderful dishes. How is he supporting this uh, this goal in his cooking and stuff? Let me tell you what this bum did. Because I, I, if I, I lived in your house, I swear, oh my God, I would just be morbidly you, obese, no, probably. Honey, t- let me tell so. you what this fool did. <laughs> I, I love him, but Lord have mercy. Today, I'm, I, I missed his call. I got in the shower. Mm-hmm. And it was after I had worked out. Now, when went and did like a workout, walked around the neighborhood, you know, got a good sweat wow, and awesome. everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I came in, took a shower, missed his call, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he says, oh, do you want McDonald's? I text him back. I say, no, I don't want McDonald's. Right. He comes walking in the house with McDonald's. Oh, because you missed the call. So yes. you the text. You didn't get to tell him no. No. Like, you can't resi- I mean, you can't. Man, I rebuked the double. <laughs> As I as I munch on one right now, but that fries was hot, and I said, "Oh damn, I guess I can't." Exactly. Tomorrow's so another like, day. Honestly, that's tomorrow's another day. day. I pack my lunch. Yeah. I pack my lunch because I have to go in tomorrow. So I pack me a salad. Saving money. Packing lunch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pack me a salad, some yogurt and granola, and we're gonna be good. So. Anyway, I'm just rebuking it. I'm trying to get in my my jumpsuit. I love it. And I feel like for my birthday, also, I do things to try to like, you know, that's like a, it's representing a new year and kind of an Mm -hmm. opportunity to jumpstart. You know, I always have a goal around my birthday. It might just be like, okay, this is going to be the year of the skin where I try to Mm -hmm. drink more water because I really don't drink enough and my skin Mm -hmm. breaks out and my back Mm -hmm. and my chest break out. And so I'll be Mm -hmm. like, this is the year I go, you know, I see a dermatologist regularly. I do the little Mm -hmm. creams they give me. I'm going to do some peels. And so I've done that. And then other Mm -hmm. times I'm like, this is the year of my finances. I'm trying to pay down these credit cards now Mm -hmm. and increase my savings and this and that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that that's really dope. I haven't decided what this will be the year of for me um but yeah i i'll keep you guys posted so and, and we wish you luck and stuff That's yes this exciting. is the year this is the year i yeah. have to drop weight so yeah. i was like no no way in hell i gotta yeah. i can't be looking like i'm still pregnant well you, so, you don't no. look that you don't look like you're still ma'am but yes but, i do but girl, <laughs> oh we're gonna are we gonna agree to disagree on that one I was, as a matter of fact, I was talking to your sister about that. I was like, I look like I'm still pregnant. She oh, yeah, because like... she did that post about in April <laughs> yeah. because yeah. she went through that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so I cool. said, uh-uh. I said, she said, let people mind their business. I was like, yeah, exactly. let people mind their business. I'm so glad she mm-hmm. put that up. Maybe that can be something we talk about one day. It's not really romance, but just respecting each other and not asking that question, mm-hmm. no matter how good your intentions are. And I like yes. how she broke down all of the reasons why it's not cool to ask because it could be so many different reasons. Yeah, let's definitely touch on that for a next yeah. podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's good and hot topics this So week? I guess speaking of pregnancy, there is definitely <laughs> baby uh, dust in the air, not for either of us, but mm-hmm. there's baby dust in the air this week. So Kiki Wyatt and her husband are expecting baby number 11. So, you know, this is going to be her second baby with her husband, this current husband, and her 11th, of course, baby total. Kiki did say that this will be her last baby, like the baby shop is closed. Kiki's a few years younger than us. She's 38, I believe, which was weird for me. Because when she came out with, I right, when she had my first love with Avant and stuff, we were in college, and I did not know she was like a young, young girl. Yeah, she was a teenager. Yeah, I never knew that. I, she always looked mature to me. But anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, she is a fertile woman and, and she's oh making these babies and they have a beautiful family and, and she says she's done after this. So that's cool. I mean, that's what they want to do. So, but you know, it was she, weird ooh. to me. There were some comments I was reading 
Mm-hmm. And there were like a couple of people who went in. This was on the shade room, of course. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of guys and some women co-signing it. And the comments were kind of like, well, y'all judge Nick Cannon. And all I'm saying is, what's the difference? And I was like, what do you mean we judge Nick Cannon? And basically it says that, like, are you kidding me? These are two totally different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Nick Cannon is choosing to go out there and have different babies with multiple different women and I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. not taking care of them because I believe mm-hmm. he is but she's a married woman and she's having and she was married to those people absolutely she's mm-hmm. having them within kind of the a, a family situation she lives with them so she's spending time and raising them so I, I feel like that's comparing apples and oranges and people yeah. were saying it to be like well ladies stop judging Nick for what he nobody's judging Nick we may kind of mm-hmm. key key over it but whatever mm-hmm. you know that was just and, a weird comparison. So. And out of all those women that Nick had these babies by, he only married one. Yeah. Mariah. Yeah. And Kiki, just, Kiki has had babies, babies, not saying it's right or wrong, but she's had these children within the confines of being married to absolutely. each partner that she's been with. Yeah. So or, or, or I, I don't know. Whether they're mm-hmm. married, like she, she's raised her children, she's with them. She's not, you know, how many children does Nick have at this point? I, I don't, don't know. Eight. But yeah, Nine. he can't. He can't be around, and she's, you know, he's busy, he's on the road, he has his talk show, he's doing Wild and Out, and I don't imagine how, can, can't imagine how he's spending more than, like, maybe a couple days out of the month with each family, so. Mm-hmm. Two totally different scenarios, but anyway, Kiki, we certainly wish you and your husband the best. I just mm-hmm. want an album, Kiki, sis, because if you keep having these children, I, I'm never <laughs> going to get an album. Unless they have a studio <laughs> in the house, I mean, I can't even imagine. And every time you have a country album, well, it's an album, Kiki. But anyway, he has one of the most beautiful, powerful Mm -hmm. voices of all time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we we would love to see that, Kiki. So maybe, maybe when she slows down with things and stuff, but her life wants to get busy. You know, me and my little dog, I feel like I can't believe this. I know it's right. Yeah. He has me up in the middle of the night. So, yeah. But anyway, so along with this theme of parenting and co-parenting and new babies so cnn political commentator van jones he's now a father of three so he and a longtime friend named nomi they welcomed a daughter together earlier this month now van already has um two two sons with his ex-wife jana carter so him and jana split up in 2018 they were married for 13 years but they split up Mm. they divorced and so now you know he basically said He said, quote, after COVID lockdown, it became clear to me I wanted another kid. Then I Mm. discovered that my good friend Nomi, she wanted a baby too. So we decided to join forces and become, quote, conscious co-parents. It's a concept. And I hope more people. It is. Yeah, I hope more people will explore and consider. So he Mm -hmm. said that him and Nomi, so Jones is 53. And Nomi is a little younger. I'm not sure how old she is, but they're basically going to raise their little girl together. They're going to be co-parenting partners. And he said he feels very grateful, very joyful and blessed. They plan to create a safe and loving environment for her. They didn't talk about how they're going to, you know, share custody or what that's going to look like. Well, that's but you, you've yeah. heard of this conscious co-parenting then. This oh, yeah, and- I, definitely, I definitely have. And to make things even more modern, um, there are websites where you can meet people, oh. vet them, and everything for you. Ooh, I don't, to that's, have that's conscious. a little different. Yeah, that's a little different. But for you to, you know, vet them. If it was a friend, 
And you know what? If what I to me the first married, thing, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of my peers, you know, I remember from young kind of had arrangements with their really good friends mm-hmm. to say like, look, if we're both 40 something and we're not married, yep. do you want to go yep. half on a baby? Basically, it wasn't called uh-huh. conscious co-parenting. I've never heard of this concept. I mean, obviously I've heard of it happening. Um, it's certainly more affordable than going to a sperm bank because that can get a little pricey. Like you said, you know you're stuck. And if you guys can maintain a wonderful friendship, then I guess you Mm -hmm. really could enjoy your child. And it's interesting. Yeah, I think think if you are two balanced adults that are able to be mature about it, Uh I definitely think it can work. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like if I hadn't gotten married, I think I would have done it. I think I would have asked a friend. Because I know Mm -hmm. for me... I really wanted children and that was not something that was negotiable. So whether I found a husband or not, I was going to find a way to have a child because that was just kind of what I always dreamed of. I mean, I dreamed of Mm -hmm. like raising them in a two parent family home, but more importantly, I wanted children. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I was able to do it the traditional way, but I certainly would have been open to out of the box ways as well. And I, I can see the value to this. I just feel like both have to be, on the same page as far as yeah. intentions and mm-hmm. it can't just be that one person has feelings and it's a romantic thing and you're hoping that it turns into something like it really should yeah. be two homies who really both just want a child and want to share mm-hmm. in the raising of that child not like some mm-hmm. lifetime movie where you think they're going to fall in love and all this stuff it, it's gotta be- <laughs> not a not a romance y'all right romance. i'm just saying one of them lifetime mm-hmm. thrillers where it's like <laughs> you know are you gonna love me and all this stuff so (laughs) and so finally so wait i have a question who Mm -hmm. is this lady that he has the baby by well he didn't even reveal her last name and the interview he did he did the interview with cnn so i feel like he was trying to protect her privacy so he said her first name but he did not want to reveal her last name so i guess people close to the couple know who she is so I bet she, I bet she ain't black. You know she's not. Story. You know she's not. And that's why I wasn't even gonna say it, but I'm glad you did. You that's absolutely know story. that's not who he chose, and then that's that's I, sad. Because when you have yeah. an, it's one thing if that's your wife and y'all fell in love, however many moons ago, and that's who you had children with. Now you're making a conscious choice to have a biracial child. So we won't delve mm-hmm. into kind of all of that. That's that's the choice. The politics of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I guess he wanted mm-hmm. to keep, you know. Yeah, he he already has biracial children, so I guess he's wanting to have keep it consistent. I guess I, I get whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. You sound so disgusted. It it is. <laughs> it is. It's just like if you fall in love with who you fall in love with, but choosing to consciously, I'm sure there was some sisters who would have loved to consciously co-parent with you, and I feel like oh, you made an intentional choice. So, you know, all of our children aren't going to look alike just because in black families, we are all colors of the rainbow. So you can have a sister who's high yellow and one who's chocolate. And that's just Mm -hmm. what it is. Same parents. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. he he made a choice. So I bet if he didn't have any children, he would have chosen to consciously co-parent with someone who is, quote, exotical and stuff. (laughs) We see you, Van Jones. (laughs) We see you, brother. Yes. And yes, Tay Diggs yes. and all the rest of them. Who? You know, oh my goodness! But we What's up with Tay in April? I d- man. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't post and delete? Because you know the interwebs. You can't post and delete anything unless you really sure want can't. it to be out there. You know, mm-hmm. April is a little more browner than what he's ever had. I like April actually. I like mm-hmm. her. I felt like her Omarion. She got a raw deal with him. I think she was really hurt from that. I feel like that whole stint with this, she was acting it's out. A, yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, because I think she really loved Omarion and really was confused mm-hmm. about why things ended and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, I I think it would be cute if him and um 
and and if April and, and Tay Diggs dated, I think that how old is what is their age difference? It's got to be at least twenty five. Tay, Tay Diggs is almost fifty. That's she what I'm saying. Be. And what maybe mm-hmm. she's like thirty. I don't know how old April 30 is. Thirty something. Yeah. 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 But I I'm. But he's young and spry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Young and spry. And I, I love stuff. Tay Diggs. I mean, I've always loved him. I always will be. You know, even though he may not love us back, but you know, you know, but mm. it's funny because Tay Diggs, he's a nice guy. He's always been very supportive of bloggers and social media. I'm not sure if you're aware, like he follows me and a bunch of other like mom bloggers and lifestyle bloggers really? on, on, on social media. Yeah, because my my kids were like, oh my god, what's his name on um, All American? Coach, whatever. Coach Billy follows you, mom. I'm like, yeah, he's nice. I like him, and I want him to find happiness. And she's a sister. You know, she's biracial, mm-hmm. but she's a sister. So, yeah, but yeah. It probably was just harmless flirting. You know how we are. We can't see but anything. They, but but girl, they've been on TikTok like doing stuff together. Oh well, maybe it's more than harmless flirting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, don't, I think it's, I think it's a relationship because they've been on TikTok <laughs> cutting up together and doing all kind of stuff. And I didn't traveling. even know they were doing TikTok. See, doing TikToks together—that's like the new kind of <laughs> that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because they, what do they? They live near each other, like really? I don't know. I don't know, but like I said, they were doing TikToks and stuff together. So I'm here for it. I think it's cute. Yeah, I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other foolish news, though, we have Terrence J and his sneakers. So basically, Terrence did an interview recently where he taught what well, he was actually. I, ha- I haven't watched the Wendy Williams show since she left. So just, you know, mm-hmm. that's that. I refuse to watch it with any guest hosts and everything. But, you know, I know people have been loving Sherry Shepard. And I, I like Sherry Shepard. I like Bev. Bev, Bevy Smith or whatever her name yeah, is. And I think Bevy she Smith. interviewed him. And basically, the topic of sex came up. And Terrence J said that he always wears his sneakers during sex. And he said <laughs> the reason why, everything else will be butterball, butt naked, but he said he keeps his sneakers on. And he said the reason is because he needs that good traction. He needs that grip. He said, every guy knows what I'm talking about. You need that grip. And he was kind of like, the socks aren't enough because you're slipping and sliding, so I need that grip. What do, you, <laughs> what do you think about that? How would you feel if your partner always needed to keep his sneakers? That is so porn star. Like, what in the world? Like, Now, first of all, are you on carpet or hardwood floor? Like, what kind of grip? I, I, I don't just, know. Why don't if you you're on grip? carpet, you don't need that. If, if you're you, slipping and sliding on hardwood floors, that's one thing. But if you're on carpet in socks or barefoot, why don't you have enough grip? How hard are you thrusting that you need your feet planted that hard with sneakers into them? I'm just saying. Or, or you, or you, kitty, or he kind of lacking in the package. And he doing a lot of slipping out. And so well, he feel like he needs some, some grip. That's what some of the comments were saying. They were saying is maybe he lacking in that department. And he feel, and, and for that reason, like you said, something like, I didn't see it that way, but it could be. Mm-hmm. It could be. Either way, I just thought it was very tacky. That is my a First of all, we have no shoes in our home anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you and my on my carpet with your sneakers because you need grip, it's just and what <laughs> it just reminds me of a porn star it just, i don't like what like, porn star they, they wear sneakers i know mr marcus used to wear his hat no like sneakers? like yeah girl some of them might be having on these sneakers and stuff that's so raggedy. That's <laughs> raggedy and um and it's like do you just need them for that particular position what about if you want to get in the bed and do missionary or whatever what? other stuff well you maybe like he do? doesn't do that come on now if he needs to, if he's only he hitting it that way, it. that's a problem. That's maybe he doesn't do that. And like I said, but maybe there's he other things do that. inside the bed. Do you take off your shoes when you get in the bed? Is it just for when you need to stand up? That's, that's, what, I, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like 
he has it for when he like he starts off a certain way and he's standing up and blah blah blah. And then when it's time to get in the bed, he takes and off you his stop shoes. the flow to put your shoes on and off. Like, how old is he, Terrence J? Is he early? He's late thirties. Yeah, oh, it is late thirties. He's he too old be. for that. He's too he old is, for that. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's very very ashy. Yeah. <laughs> that's very ashy and i mean i don't know uh, but you know what I if the women he's immature, been tolerate yeah. that then that's why he's able to get away with that nonsense so i, I would be so freaked out if if a that's guy was like... just come completely naked and i looked down and he his jordans i'm like what in the <laughs> world? i wasn't even thinking jordans i was thinking like some low top new balance or something but just whatever <laughs> are they laced up do they uh-uh, smell fresh not I no new, so. not no new balance you're dealing with too many older men <laughs> Maryland and DC, we wear New Balance. I don't know if they still wear them, but that was like a, that was a hot sneaker then. I don't, well, don't know here. You know what I'm saying? Down south, I, I see a dude and he and his Air Force Ones. You know what I mean? His and ones. is it socks and sneakers or just sneakers? You know how they have like the little no show socks? Uh, yes, yes, I do. They, they, damn they low ankle the, cut socks. Yeah, but he, he has. Well, why don't you no just wear socks. soccer cleats if you really? <laughs> I'm just saying. How far are we taking it? Football cleats. My goodness. Trenchy. Anyway. <laughs> I'm curious what you guys think. If what would you do if your partner needed to wear sneakers during the act? If he you told you that, I will, I, would add that I will add that poll to our. our you know, yeah, we can add, add polls. That as a poll. I'm We're curious. gonna add that poll to our, our um our not our Instagram but our uh, Twitter. Yeah, and we, we're gonna and our, and our Instagram. We we'll do both. And Let's see what do both. Say. I'm just yes. curious what the people say. And stuff. <laughs> How would you feel about too. that? I oh, am mercy. That is so ridiculous. Oh my god, the visual. <laughs> the visual. <laughs> my god, so goofy. And that's what it is. Goofy. That's what, exactly what it is. Goofy. He is goofy. He is goofy. He is goofy. goofy, but it's still goofy. It's still oh my god, what if he's in his boots, girl? His cute boots. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> Like I can see a cute, like a new, newly fledged cute doing his gold boots, but I'm just like, come on, Terrence J. Like if at eight, almost forty or whatever he is, mm-hmm. if you haven't mastered the ability to kind of have intercourse and be able to balance yourself without mm-hmm. needing to do that, then it's like, I, I just, I'm confused it's, by it's, that. It's ridiculous. I've, I've yeah. never been in a situation where I felt like this dude really needs to have on some sneakers for better grip because he's slipping and sliding. <laughs> I've never said that to myself, ever. So, yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't know yes. what I'm yes. <laughs> Oh, my God. That is so funny. My anyway, eyes are watering at the thought. But anyway, so that's we're going to add... Hot topics this yes, week. that is it for Hot Topics. <laughs> we are definitely going to add that poll. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our interview, uh, our Writing in Color interview this week with Mia Heitzelman. So you all stay tuned and we'll be right back. All right, you guys, welcome back. Uh, We are here with, going to have our interview with Mia Heitzelman. Mia is a romance author and writer uh, from Vegas who has written extensively, not only uh, romance books, but poetry and children's books. We talk about her latest uh, and foray into the rom-com section, which is uh, the friendship contract, which was so good. So we talk about writing, we talk about the friendship contract, and we talk about, you know, who we would cast in the movie if it was a movie. So you all stay tuned and listen to our interview with Mia Heinzelman.
everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am here with Mia Heitzelman, author extraordinaire of romance. Um, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about her latest um, release, The Friendship Contract, among many other things. So how are you, Mia? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. No, thank you for coming on our little podcast. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't uh, feel so little. It's growing like yeah, nobody's it's, business. It's, it's growing. You know, we've been at this thing since I think right before the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're 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 growing. We're growing by leaps and bounds. So, thank you so much for your support. Um, so before we get started, I ask everybody the same question. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us kind of your romance origin story. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I am a Pisces. I'm a romance author. <laughs> and I say the Pisces part because I'm basically extreme and I am a hopeless romantic, although mm. I'm more hopeful now. So, uh, mm. <laughs> and so, uh, let's see, I just love to write strong heroines and usually some flawed sexy man who who has enough heart to fall for him um Mm. my origin story now that is a long winding road because i mean i grew up in a house full of books but Mm -hmm. romance wasn't necessarily what was on the shelves all the time so you could find anything and everything i mean we had the entire encyclopedia britannica and anything you wanted to learn you could learn because my dad believed wholeheartedly in books and that the answers were in there and you were never going to be able to hide stuff from him if it was in a book as the saying went and so um I started writing in the third grade I wrote Derrick and the Parrot (laughs) 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 I've won an award and a trophy and then my uncle told me that he asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up and I said a writer and he said oh no you don't want to be a writer they don't make any money And so (laughs) that sent my road winding in a different direction. And, you know, I wasn't really using my creative mojo for a long time, I think, until college when I got into poetry. So I Mm -hmm. wrote a lot of poetry. Then I wrote a children's book for my nieces and nephews. And then I realized the books I was reading for fun always had a happily ever after in it. And Mm -hmm. so then I found my way to romance along that way through women's fiction and then finally to romance. Right, right, right. So you weren't really like, so you didn't just come out of the bat was like, oh, I was so in love with this person and that person. You just kind of found your way to romance. So what was your, Uh before you started writing romance, what was like your profession? Um, You know, before, or are you still in that profession as well as doing full time, writing full time? Well, I was, I was many things, but (laughs) most recently before I became a full-time writer, I was a bank manager. So Mm -hmm. finances, I know inside and out, I still Mm. help some people (laughs) Mm. because, um, and I get excited about starting businesses and helping people find, you know, the excitement in, in, in building something from, from a dream, you know? Mm -hmm. So anytime it has to do with money, or if it has to do with you have an idea, I'm probably going to be your cheerleader. I'm going to be excited for you. I'm going to tell you um, things to look out for. I have lots of advice. 
and uh, I always have advice or you ask me a question you should always be wary of asking me a question because I'm always going to tell you the truth and sometimes that's a good thing sometimes that's, that's a not. great thing I think yeah <laughs> well I was learning from my friend fortune she was like um I asked people do when you say you want advice do you want advice or you want to vent and that's the question mm-hmm. she asked first because right. some people they don't really want the answer they want mm-hmm. to vent about what is going on in their heads and everything. That's true. That is so and true. And so <laughs> I, I'm keeping that in heart because mm-hmm. I always tell the truth and sometimes it's not what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so banking, back to your question. <laughs> I, I go on <laughs> tangents all the time. Um, right. Banking is where mm-hmm. I, I was at. And I still um, am, am heavily immersed in finance and I take care of my parents and that kind of stuff. So how did we move from finance and dealing with just everything? Well, in finance and math, you have a number. It's A plus B equals C. So how do we how do we move from finance, which is this like, you know what I'm saying, very analytical type of thing, to the creative path of, well, I'm going to sit down and write a romance novel. And what was like your first foray into saying, I'm going to sit down and write a romance novel? I mean, I think I was still dreaming about writing even in college I still wanted to write I wasn't certain how to you know make it onto that path yet so I stayed the course and you Mm -hmm. know people say you know you go to school then you get a job and then you become an upstanding adult who can pay your bills and that kind of stuff right right so that's the path I was on the straight and narrow I I mean there was an order you you went to college I finished college I went to to I got a job while I was paying off you know like a car and Mm -hmm. uh, bought my own house and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and I mean I was pretty much an independent woman I was missing the I would always ask people how they met and I told what if stories and so I was Mm -hmm. always dreaming about that and I always I told you I'm a hopeless romantic I'm always looking Mm -hmm. for that other half of me and (laughs) that was always Mm -hmm. the thing so Mm -hmm. then um while I was at the bank (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for so long, you know, I was young and dating and finding mm-hmm. a whole bunch of almost um, right enough. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I started um, writing just like a character who was a banker, and that was mm-hmm. uh, mixed signals, which was my first novel. And mm-hmm. so, well, technically, it's the first one that's out right now. I, there was another mm-hmm. one before that, and. It was, it's off, it's not published right now. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you grow as you write. But right. yeah, so I, I wrote a character who was a banker and then she found love and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of grew from there. I found myself, like I would get my banking, you know, to-do list done so quickly. And then I would mm-hmm. have time and I'd be sitting there creating stories in my head or making mm-hmm. a note on some post-its and stuff about what mm-hmm. I was going to write and then mm-hmm. it got to be like it overtook it and I mm-hmm. felt like I was finding my light again right banking right, I was right. good at it but it, I mm-hmm. wasn't in love with it mm-hmm. so that says a lot like you like writing was the, that creative outlet that gave you like happiness and peace and stuff but, but the bank the banking was just sort of something to do and, and do you think in the back of your mind while you were doing the banking and and because you, you mentioned earlier you were talking about your uncles like well, writers don't make no money 
Uh-huh. Like in the back of your mind, you were kind of like, I want to write, but I need stability, but I need this. I need that. Do you think there's like a little pinch of fear that was in you? Absolutely. Like holding you back at first. Yeah. yeah. Yes, because yeah. I'm a two feet on the ground type of person. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like I might dip a toe into something new, but really I need to feel that safety or need it to, mm-hmm. I should say, because mm-hmm. I'm, I think with age, And I never, my big thing is I don't want to live a life where I wonder what would have been if I would have given it a try. I don't want to live with any type of regrets. And you, I think as you get older, you save your money, you paid your bills, you went to school, you got the house, but where is the thing that you were passionate about? Where's the thing that you had some purpose? And so that's what writing has always been for me. It's like breathing to me. I'm always thinking about writing, reading, characters etc there's always Mm -hmm. been that part of me and Mm -hmm. so I think that you know as as a banker I was good at that I was unmistakably good at that but I Mm -hmm. didn't love it and writing brings me so much joy and I think it makes me a better person because I'm doing something that I love and I can Mm -hmm. spread that joy Mm -hmm. and purpose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your first series, this, this all mixed up series. I know you okay. said the first book you you kind of um, pulled from your life um, as a banker and stuff like that. So where did the inspiration for okay, so the inspiration for that book was kind of your life as a banker and stuff. What about <laughs> the whole the, the series as a whole, putting it out because you self published these, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. So self publishing. And doing this, what said? What made you take the uh, route of okay? I'm gonna self-publish these and get these out um, versus saying doing trad publishing or, or yeah, and like querying and everything. Yeah. Well, I always have wanted to be a hybrid author because mm-hmm. I want to have some creative um, flexibility with the self-publishing, but I also mm-hmm. want the traditional route because. It gives you more. I feel like it opens a lot more doors. It. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to see my book on a shelf in Barnes and Noble or Target, mm-hmm. uh, a billboard, movies. I have huge dreams, by the way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that will. If as long as I'm willing to do the hard work, I should be able to do both sides, and right. it's possible. I know it's possible because I've seen many authors do it, and so yeah. I, I haven't invented anything. I'm just looking at other people's paths and seeing what's capable and what works for my path. And mm-hmm. so like with, with the all mixed up series, I had the character and I knew she was going to be a banker, but I really didn't know what the story was about yet until I was in traffic. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, what if I, you know, like I, if this person was in traffic and saw the guy of her dreams but then traffic kept moving. Like, what are you supposed to do? Oh my God, we <laughs> all going to the opposite direction. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, what would, what would you do? Oh and you and <laughs> what if this person looks like the man of your dreams, but then mm-hmm. you meet him in person and, you know, the all the smoke and mirrors are gone. And now this person is something else. So mm-hmm. what does that do to it? And so <laughs> that's when Julie and Nico were born in Mm. that one but I was Mm. still learning about series and I mean you as a self-published author there's so many people coming at you from every direction trying to sell you something give you some advice 
give you some steadfast rules that you must abide by and et cetera, Mm. et cetera. And I don't think until I got to the third book that I stopped listening to everything that I'm supposed to do, allegedly open quotes Mm. on that. Um, And I started figuring out what was going to work for my path and my process. And I think that is so crucial. Yeah, that is so crucial because because I hear what you're saying because I feel like especially new authors, I'm mm-hmm. not published yet as a person who's still working on their craft. I'm not published yet, but you're just trying to take the you know the meat from the bones, the meat from exactly. the fat, or whatever they say. So, what's the best advice you have for like going sifting through this all this advice and stuff people are giving you as a new author or or somebody trying to get their feet wet? and like Uh, like writing and stuff well that's my number one piece of advice is that there's going to be a windfall of information and things thrown at you but it's Mm going to be up to you to take what works for you and throw the rest back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i mean if you try to do everything that everyone is doing and don't don't even like I'm not even talking about what comparison starts to do to you as an Mm, author. Like we have to throw all that stuff back. I can look at somebody else's career and and compare it. I don't know where their path has taken them, where it started. All you can see is where they are now. You don't know what they've been through, Mm -hmm. what they had to do to get here, you know? So it's easy to look at somebody else and think, boom, I should be there too. I'm good enough to Mm -hmm. be there too. But what have they done that you haven't done yet? And so I stopped looking. I'm trying my best. It's hard because it gets to me no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you try hard not to focus on what other people are doing. And Mm. then as far as the stuff that people are going to comment you with, you have to decide, is that right for me? Like right now Mm. in my email, I have so many people saying, hey, we have this new course for authors. We have this new product for authors. Mm. You need this. Mm. I'm like, do I even need another course on that right now? Where right. where do I need to grow as an author? And that's right. how I'm going to select what type of um, products or services I'm going to use. And also, I like yeah, to do it from folks, recommendations too, from other yeah. authors who I trust. Yeah, I was going to say, because some folks, I mean, people prey on the vulnerability and the naivete of, of somebody who's new and fresh in, mm-hmm. as an author. And they'll just come out with all kind of bogus BS, you know, stuff. It's so true. I consume, you know, and it's just and so everybody's trying thinking. to do their side hustle too, right. to, to fund their their career because self publishing it is not cheap. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. that it can yeah. be cheap if you want yeah. to. Because if you had something and you don't care about editing or marketing, you can go put some words together, throw a, a cover on there from Amazon, and publish it today. But will it be something that you want, that you're proud of, that you right. want to promote? I don't necessarily believe that because I know editing is necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, my editor makes my stuff shine. Right. <laughs> like, right. I, I need I need a little polish it up, give me the good shine before I put it out there mm-hmm. to people. I want to be a, proud of it so I can talk about it and laugh with people and mm-hmm. enjoy moments about the books together but if you're afraid that your grammar is all messed up or that your your um your arc of the book is not on point or it just it loses the joy for you a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah so how did publishing like this for this 
first set of books, uh, romance books, how did that kind of change your perspective on like the whole process of publishing from the editing to the book covers and all that? How did oh. it change your perspective on, on doing everything as a, as a self-published author? Um, I would say, I think with this series is when I really decided um, I wanted to take my career seriously. So mm. I needed to start thinking about what am I, what am I promising readers for, mm. and basically what's my brand? So mm -hmm. I, this is why I love those bright colors. I love the illustrated covers. I know some people don't take to them well and they don't mm -hmm. think it can convey emotion, but I think it can. Um, if if the art is done right and right. we're taken into consideration, does what's on the cover match what's on the inside? Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about my brand. I started thinking about, okay, if this is going to be a series, um, I need to write this and then keep going. It's mm -hmm. really easy to, to write a book and say, well, here it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and that's it. But the thing is, or do you want it to be a career? And if you don't want it to be a career, that's fine too. But it's, you have to be honest with yourself with what you want to do with it. So mm -hmm. I do want a career. So I put the series out and while it might, I might want to dwell on, you know, how this book or that book did or what I could do differently. I don't, I say, okay, I'm proud of these. And now it's time to mm -hmm. write the next book. And somebody right. told me once, if you had a clothing store, it was your business and you had one shirt to sell, I mean, <laughs> what are you, you're not going to have a whole lot of customers. You need, you're not gonna be able to meet the needs of all your customers. If you have just one shirt in the, in the store, we need more inventory. <laughs> so my books are pieces of joy, pieces of me, but they're also mm. inventory in the library that I'm trying to create at mm. some point in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people think they can just go out and just write, the great American masterpiece, and that's it. Call it a day. Oh, I like just every, saw somebody's TikTok not, about that. <laughs> everybody is not, you know, what I'm saying Harper Lee, even though she came back with another book. Everybody is not like that, you know. what I'm saying it takes years exactly. of honing your craft and and getting and everything in right because we have a oh, whole yeah. lot of voracious readers, and they mm -hmm. read a book in a sitting. So mm -hmm. you know. And there's room for so many authors. That's the other thing, too, is that yeah. when you get caught up in comparison, it doesn't have to be you or me. It could be all of us writing mm -hmm. books because there's an audience for everybody, and especially in romance because we got so many subgenres. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, so you touched on something important, which is community and romance community. So how has yes. being in community with romance authors and romance writers and romance enthusiasts helped you as a writer um, kind of hone your craft, hone your brand and what you want to say as a writer? I'm going to tell you that it's like one of the most important things. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, you need to take all the things that, that are offered to you in consideration, throw the rest back, but finding your community, that is mm -hmm. so crucial because, mm -hmm. I mean, we learn from each other. We promote right. each other. We uh, collaborate with each other. There's so many things that your community does for you and that you do for them in return. And it keeps you balanced too, because mm -hmm. writing, like you said, is not easy. We're not going to just go and write the great American novel necessarily every mm -hmm. single time. And so right. it helps to have, you know, 
your whole support team help you make it through a bad review or make it through to the next book or to get to the end of the first book or to help you understand what where the loopholes are what you're missing in this book or that book Mm -hmm. um and not just that but also learning from each other about the marketing or what Mm -hmm. other avenues there are it's not it's no longer just can we get the book on the shelf you know we need to get it into the libraries we need to get it into ebooks we need to get it in Mm -hmm. paperback hardback doing blog tours and book talk there's just so many things Mm -hmm. to learn and it makes it feel manageable when you have people around who understand what you're going through and to talk to about things. Yeah, because Roman, I mean, writing is such a solitary act. You know what I mean? Yes, like but I will there. tell you, the word yeah. makers, uh, oh, we yeah, are word true. makers, and I, I'm so proud and I'm so happy to have found the word makers because, mm. you know, it is a solitary process, but it doesn't feel like it when you have a group that you're working with all the time. They know you, they know your stories, and they know you know what you're trying to do and they're trying to do the same thing yeah tell folks a little bit about word makers and what word makers is about because you know for those who may not know what it is just in general like what what it is as a community <laughs> i mean i'll never forget the first time i saw the slogan which is right nas writers that's <laughs> what word makers are. they go we yeah. go in most of the time it's the sprints but like if if you just look from the outside looking in it's just like oh it's just people who are writing but mm-hmm. if you don't engage if you don't participate and get to know each other and to understand what everyone's doing and how you can help each other or learn from each other then it's mm-hmm. probably not the right community i don't think it's a, the right community for everyone because mm-hmm. we're not people who just talk about what we're going to do we're people who mm-hmm. do what we're going to do right 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 and I think people need to realize, and, and then sometimes people feel intimidated getting into community with other writers because they feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so new. I'm so fresh, blah, blah, blah. But when you get in the right community of writers uh-huh. who are there to support you, who are there like, hey, you know, we're here to push you and pull you along. It's like, that's super, yes. super important. Uh-huh. But you can't just and- be sitting there and lurking. You got to mm-hmm. actually open up Engage. a Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, full, I wholeheartedly believe that because like I'm I call myself a selective introvert because like if I don't know you well yet, I'll be kind of t- timid and quiet. But once I know you, you can't really shut me up. So mm-hmm. that's how I was <laughs> with the word makers when I first got there. I just mm-hmm. saw one person who was from Las Vegas and I was like, hi. I'm I, like I'm in their DMs. <laughs> Hi, yeah. I'm here and I'm in Las Vegas too, like a little cornball, but whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it it was an icebreaker, and it was my introduction to see that these are nice people who right. are all working towards something, common goals, and support support all in one place. And you know, yeah. the other thing I love too is you learn mm-hmm. so much about the industry. Yeah. I mean, things that I wouldn't know. I mean, because I don't really get into things or get involved in anything, you know, other than my own process right now, because it's a lot. But yeah, yeah. I've learned so much. What's the one thing that you feel like you learned as part of the, that community that you were like, oh, I didn't know that? I mean, just that there are so many people on this journey at different um 
I guess, marks on the path, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I love too, because whether you're just deciding that you want to start a book or you're halfway through or you're a USA Today, New York Times bestselling author, mm-hmm. people don't treat you any differently. You just right. are all on a common path and right. you understand each other and you're supporting and uplifting each other. That's the most important thing that I've gotten out of it. Absolutely. So with all of this going on, and I know you have small, two, two small ones, uh-huh. um, how, are you, how are you able to balance your personal life? And what is like a, a typical writing day schedule kind of look like for you? I mean, it's beautiful when the when they're in school. <laughs> when, they, yeah. when they're in school, you know, I like wake up, take the kids to school. Then mm-hmm. I go full fledged, like, and my mm-hmm. entire family knows, don't play with me with my writing time. Like, this is mm-hmm. my time. Don't even interrupt because it is not cool. Like, you need to respect my time. And mm-hmm. so then <laughs> I go full fledged. I mean, I barely even eat, even though I know I need to. Yeah. Um, uh-uh. Yes. You gotta like, eat. I. <laughs> am so serious about my hours you know and then I go pick up the kids and sometimes I'm in the pickup lane just still working on stuff mm-hmm. and then um then I pick them up they come in make sure they eat and everything and are taken care of with schoolwork and everything and then I do a little more and then I'm done but I'm working on being better at taking breaks because mm-hmm. burnout is real so I, I've been working on trying to take the weekends off, stay off social media if I can, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can, mm-hmm. but sometimes things are happening and I need to be a part of it, um, mm-hmm. especially when you have a release. But right. other than that, I'm trying to take weekends off so that I can stay fully focused mm-hmm. on, on the career. How do you decompress from like the writing or, or, let's, say, or let's say, for example, you, you have like a block in your writing you don't know where to go you're in the weeds and you're just like look I don't know where to turn this in this manuscript I don't know where to go how do you kind of get out of that that you know how do you decompress from that well first I would try like speaking to other word makers and say hey here's where I'm at can you help me out of this Mm -hmm. and most of the time that works Sometimes I'll even do like a plot party where <laughs> we all come into to the room and everybody has something they want to work on and or a problem they need to work their, their way out of. Mm-hmm. And then we take turns and go in circles, help me figure this out or plot this out. Mm-hmm. And so that works. If not, I just move on to another project if I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. But um, on the side, I also... I was. I need to stop saying on the side. I also yeah. Don't um, say on the side. Design covers. I'm gonna say please pub yourself because there's no such thing as a side hustle in this economy anymore. It's my job is and my job is okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm like the other half of me is also doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I also do covers. So I've been. I do a lot of um, drawing for the covers because I do illustrated Mm -hmm. covers. Mm-hmm. So how did so you get helps. into doing the covers? How did you get into doing covers? Like it was was something that you always kind of dabbled in illustration and stuff like that, or I always you drew. Like, but I was so excited when I got my iPad, I got my Apple Pencil. Oh, I was so ready. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to do my own covers because, like you say, 
covers are an additional, it's a uh, part of the budget for self-publishing. Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, editing, I can't skimp on marketing. I can't skimp on, but if I could do my own covers, that is an, an expense that I can alleviate from my budget. So I started right. doing my own covers. And once the art felt good enough, then I started, um, dot covers.com and mm-hmm. and now i have like i'm getting pretty booked up right now i'm almost through june booked out and i even have some for 2023 already filling my calendar mm. and the ones that are coming are so good that mm. i just know i'm gonna have to uh, get a, a solid system together to make sure that i don't overbook myself I think you may be needing to hire an assistant soon. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. It sounds like what you're saying is, um, I think I need an assistant. So you, you I do, but it's got to be cost effective. <laughs> That's what I need to put that in the budget. budget. Yeah, put it in my budget <laughs> yes. if you need an assistant. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even if it's some college kid on the side trying to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of yep. assistant, girl, because you can't do everything like like this you know what i'm saying you can do it all i mean we we know we can do it all but you gotta be able to like you know manage the time yep. and, the, and, and so you can have that time to yourself too exactly. so let's talk about this current uh work you got out now um the friendship contract so i spent the weekend reading it and you saw my you saw my post today because i was yes like, I'm, I'm that was too funny my, I was already doing my uh, little uh, post for the day, and I was like, oh, this would be perfect. Um, so I was like, as I was reading it, I had those characters in mind. For those of you all that know what I'm talking about, I do, uh, they need to be in a rom-com post, like, at least I once a that. week. Uh, once a week, where I try to give a shout-out Black actors or actresses, I feel like, need to have their own rom-com, because, you know, I miss the golden age of rom-coms in the, you know, late 90s, early too. 2000s. You know, yes. we had so many and, you know, we could see our face and we enjoyed them. They were so good. And so, you know, when I read a good book and or whatever, I'm always in my head plotting who I could, like, you know, cast for these books. But nevertheless, I I, what was your inspiration for this, for the friendship contract? This, this friends to lovers, fake dating. Well, it wasn't so fake, but fake dating. <laughs> Well, um, let's see. I I started knowing that it was going to be the trio, which is Mm -hmm. Damon, Allegra, and Leah. And then I Mm -hmm. said to myself, well, if you had a friendship like that and two of them fell in love, what would happen to the third one? And Mm -hmm. so it was going to be a duet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then... You know, once my ideas start flowing, it is going to be a trio. I mean, um, a trilogy. There is going to be I was going to say, because I feel like at the end, I was like, um, girl, what other book? Because I was like, um, uh, Leah <laughs> book. Yes. Book right now. Leah and, and um, Brandon are coming. And I, yes, I yes. cannot wait because it's going to be an enemies to lovers, which is my favorite trope. Well, I'm I'm always torn between friends to lovers and enemies to lovers. Both of them are just, uh, I just love it so much because mm-hmm. you just you're always wondering how they're gonna make it work. Because I, I mean, the, the thing eight. with romance is that you know <laughs> that it's gonna be a happily ever after. 
but how yeah. are they gonna get there and so yeah. that's what always like sticks with me and I'm just like oh how am I gonna make this happen but yes I'm working on um plotting Leah and Brandon mm-hmm. and then the third one's gonna be Fallon Fallon mm. from Fallon Events and her mm. uh, Brandon's sister mm. so um but this whole book series I just knew I wanted to do something with the three friends and that they were lawyers. Mm-hmm. And then I had this idea that she found this ring, but it wasn't for her. And mm. so who was she going to go to for some uh, consoling? And mm. where else would you go but to your best friend mm. who happens to be hot and <laughs> who you had a crush on way back when, but it, the time right. was always off. Right. So, right. yes. That's how it Ooh. came about. Like I, I was like, I was like, what was so funny was I was like, Mia came right out the gate with the stuff <laughs> <laughs> with the sexy time. Like, are those are those your like do you enjoy writing those scenes the most, like the sexy scenes, or do you like writing uh, other stuff? You know what's so funny is that I didn't think that I was really that steamy of a writer. But then the reviews <laughs> kept saying that, and then my beta readers would say it, and I was like no I thought no. you know it was only two two real hardcore scenes so it didn't okay, seem that not, okay, so listen, <laughs> not even about that it's not even about like the bam bam scene it's the stuff in between you know what I mean it's the, like the little stuff in between the touching and the this and the that and the the seduction of it all that's not yes. it's not just about the the wham bam thank you ma'am please <laughs> in the shower i'm not trying i'm not giving nothing away but in the shower oh, i know there, you know but that was one of my favorite parts though because when when she's like i know he's the quiet person who rarely talks and so mm-hmm. when he does say something you listen i know that kind mm-hmm. of person right and mm-hmm. so when he's still withholding she's like look you don't even need to tell me anymore just show me and i was like mm-hmm. we about to show her <laughs> he's really gonna show her and he showed her but there were I mean there was so much layered going on in the story for me like yeah we like the steamy prize blah 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 but for me you know like you had stuff about you know found families in there yes. and stuff about you know um, you know the power of a friendship the power of family um, you know, this idea of writing wrongs, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was so much stuff in there, you know. Um, like I liked uh Allegra's mom and how she kind of was the inspiration for her career and what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, I, there's I, a I, whole I, lot happening you know, in this there's book. There's a whole lot happening. But it's good though because it creates, you know, depth and dimension to a to a book otherwise it would just be erotica you know what I mean like you know it's a true it's a true romantic comedy there were funny parts you know the parts where they're going to <laughs> going to the bachelor party and stuff like that like all that stuff is so was so good and so layered in there so oh, like I mean you. what 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 was it about like this idea of like a found family they kind of like you wanted to incorporate in this particular book. I'm not giving away any spoilers. I mean, it's, it's you know. Yeah, but. because I mean, well, I knew I um, I'm no, I'm trying to 
to see what I can say that's not everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because he was so attached to Leah and Allegra and Mm -hmm. I wanted him to have a solid reason to be that way. And Mm -hmm. so I knew thinking about where he'd grown up and what he'd been through in the foster care system, right? that it would make their bond stronger. Mm-hmm. And then that was where I started. But then when I brought Laura in, I was like, oh, wow. Cause it, <laughs> I know I'm trying not to say yeah, that, I thought but it. when you yeah, bring yeah. Laura into yeah, the mix. A lot of, there are a lot of like, ooh, like I didn't know that it was like, it was a lot of little <gasps> moments in there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a shocking twist and turns. I would say, yeah. so you must, and it was his watch. stuff that made me cry while I was writing. Yeah. So then yeah, that's yeah. kind of like my little hidden indicator that if I get any type of like extreme emotion while I'm writing, that that's a good thing. So, because, mm-hmm. you know, if I feel, I feel, figure the reader will probably feel. So, oh, yeah. I, I just, his whole background and his story of what he had been through, it made so much sense. And then, it made you love him more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and then what I loved also was Leah being like that kind of anchor for them as mm-hmm. a friend. You know what I mean? Like she was yes. so supportive, supportive of them as a couple as they waged through this whole real, not real fake. <laughs> yeah. So sort of, sort of. It was like a fake in. relationship yeah. for like five minutes. For like five minutes, I was like, I was like, girl, what are you calling this fake? This is not fake. It was like one bed for like five minutes. It was one bed, a fake relationship for five minutes. I was like, okay, I was like, I was like, that's totally making on that. I tell you, this is the hard thing for me is the romance arc because I want them to be together so bad, and so it's so hard for me not to make it an insta love because I want them to be together. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part for me is keeping them apart. I just yeah, you want have to like the happily ever draw, after. Yeah, you have to draw out some of the angst or whatever. Well, that's know, what that, I think. Uh, Leah and Brandon is going to be. I'm. I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> drag it out. Okay. But it's like you know, once I get to that midpoint, like all bets are off. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that, but that's your also your prerogative as a writer how you want the speed yeah. of the, you know, story to go or whatever. But, you know, it was, what really got to me was, I think, how he was always, like, Damien was always like, it's you and me. Like, I don't care whatever, whatever else happens. Oh, I, know. I don't That's care if it don't work, whatever, whatever. It's you and me. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I love that. And, you know, I love the bright side. It's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. about this book. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, I was just taking all kind of little stuff in and stuff. So, who, who in this in this book, who was one of your favorite characters to like craft and and develop? I mean, it has to be, uh, it has to be Damon, just because mm-hmm. of his background and who he is and how much he cared about her, and he's mm-hmm. kind of like in between Leah and Allegra. You got. Allegra, who he knows is a hopeless romantic, who he knows has, you know, who wants the happily ever after, and he wants that with her, but he doesn't want it uh, to be his her stand-in in the meantime, mm-hmm. you know, or her rebound. 
And then you got mm-hmm. Leah, who's just like, look here, if you made me wait another 10 years through this, you mm-hmm. we, we're not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> like, right, I look, just I love her sass. Yeah. Like, I want to yeah, be friends like, with Leah. Yeah, she's like, look, I am suffering too much dealing with y'all. I can't, I cannot deal with y'all anymore in this office. And it looks like I can't take it no more. Like, please do something about this. I exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I love, I also love that the fact that her whole family just kind of knew too, you know, anyway. They were mm-hmm. like, look, y'all, y'all ain't fooling nobody. Like, I can just see where this is going. Y'all ain't fooling nobody. But yeah, it was so it was so good. Like I just can't stress how good it was and all the parts that made me laugh and stuff like that, you know. It was it was it was really good and, and it's good and believe I don't know if you're on TikTok. because I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I'm not I'm that good TikTok, at it yet. <laughs> but I mean like you know, I'm I'm kinda plugged into the book talk. So I'm I'm seeing your book come up here and there on the book talks and people say, Hey, read this for Black History Month, you know, it's a you know, read this when it comes out, read this, you know, it's going to be good, blah, blah, blah. So I'm seeing people talk about it. So that's how that I'm makes say. me happy. I, think, I mean, I think, it's hard. I think it's definitely getting some buzz. It's definitely getting some buzz. I sure hope so because it's I, it, it, the story's so fun and mm-hmm. so much heart in it that I just hope people just love it. Mm-hmm. When did you know, like, okay, once the book was done and everything, what was the part where you're like, okay, I think I can't write no more. <laughs> like, 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 what? Okay, it's done. The story is done. What What was the point in the story? You were like, okay, I think I wrapped it up well enough. Not even the epilogue. Sometimes I think writers know before they get to like the epilogue that the story is wrapped up. Yeah. So, like, when did you know, like, during the point that you were just kind of like, okay, this is, th- I think I've wrapped it up well enough. Well, I knew once the case, the case that they work on in the book was over, that mm-hmm. I needed to like start tying up all the the loose ends and the crosshairs mm-hmm. and everything. Because I hate when you read something and you're like, "But what happened to this? They didn't mm-hmm. address it. What happened mm-hmm. to these people over here? Or whatever this was." So mm-hmm. I always think to myself, I, like I start to reread a little bit and see, is there anything that I didn't answer the question? Because I hate that just wondering like how are you gonna leave me hanging like this I need to know what happened to this I'm invested now you know Mm -hmm. and so I go back like after the I finished the case I knew that you know um he was gonna the doormat situation was gonna happen Mm -hmm. and so I knew that was it I love that part (laughs) and um (laughs) uh, yeah I knew that was gonna happen and then I knew we needed to I like to always give a hint at the next book because mm-hmm. well, then it's yeah, just got, more yeah, fun. I don't, don't want to say because I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming as soon as as certain person was like, ooh, I think I, I like her. I was like, oh, okay. So this might <laughs> be the next book. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, all Miss, right. her and Mr. Bold on the phone. And yes, he's going to get yes. a, um, a rude awakening. Yes, yes, yes. She's very staunchly like Leah's very like I ain't got time for love, you know. Love ain't ain't, ain't really for me, but you know. You're, yeah, I got a few messages. Me. People saying, um, "Leah and Brandon better be getting a book. Like, don't even do me like that." <laughs> and then you got to make the sex so because you know when you enemy to love, the sex got to be super high. You know what I mean? Oh, like, the sex, yeah, the sex got to be, be like, like high. 
punch thrown here and there. Let <laughs> me flip you over or something. <laughs> it's gonna Not be a punch. Yeah. Oh my god. It's probably gonna be Leah throwing it, so you know. I can see that. I can see. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. <laughs> oh my god. So okay. So we've come to the part in the in the um interview where I give you like some fast questions, like you know, like in the okay. inside the actor studio, like this or that type of. This stuff. is my favorite part. So uh, <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. listen to the men's roundtable too. Oh, nice, nice. So, um, what is your favorite book as a kid? There's this one. The sad part is I don't even know what it's called. It's a. It's like. Um, I, oh, what is the heck is the name of that book? It's <laughs> not like technically like a kids book, but it's in the kid. It's a children's book. Mm-hmm. It's about this mom who takes care of her son and she loves him. Dang, I'm gonna have to Google it. Oof. Anyway, <laughs> and she just keeps telling him that she loves him. And then by the end of the book, he's carrying his own mother and telling her that she's. And, and oh God, I'm not. Let me just look it up. Come back to that question <laughs> while I Google it, so I can tell okay. you. Because if you read it though, you might cry. So just. But it's, a, it's not quite a children's book though. It is, but it isn't. It's, oh, it's I don't know, man, but it's like the best book. Somebody's gonna listen to this and immediately know what book I'm talking about. Mm, um, okay, okay, okay we'll, go we'll on. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Do you like writing heroes or villains? If you write villains, sadly, I like the villains. <laughs> They're always more fun. Yeah, more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you, you can like... take a whole lot more risks with it. That's true. That's true. Um, do you write? Well, we talked a little bit about this, but do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments? Ooh, uh, love scenes. I'm not even gonna front. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I love the 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 love scenes, all of it, from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Okay. okay, I found it. It's okay, called it Love You Forever. Love You Forever. Oh, okay. That sounds like a and children's book. It is. It's just that, like, if you look at the cover, it's this little boy wreaking havoc on the bathroom, toilet paper everywhere. But mm. the story, I'm gonna tell you, you will cry. Period. Mm. That's that's just mm. it. Because the message in the book, it, it has forty five thousand five star reviews. That's that's how good it oh, is. Oh wow, wow, wow. Okay, oh. okay, okay. I'm gonna have to pick that one up for my little one then. Um, yes, and read it and love them and hug them and kiss them so much. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your favorite place to write? These you days, I have an office. I like to write in there, but I don't have a door. So, okay. kind of like, I, like in my dreams, I have a door and a rolling ladder on my bookshelves, but mm-hmm. I don't have that yet. I'm that's that's the goals. But for now, I write at my desk, or when nobody's home, I just travel around the house to wherever there's a spot with sun. Mm, okay. Um, and I know you're probably getting a whole lot of sun in Vegas, though. So mm-hmm. It's cold right now, it. though. 
Right. Well, it is a desert, so it's pretty cold. <laughs> it's gotta be cold. <laughs> it is one of the people forget that. Like, oh, it is a desert, y'all. It does be cold. <laughs> um, so book reviews, do you read them or not read them? I do. I do, and I'm gonna tell you mm. why. Because mm. somebody okay. read my book, which is already an honor right there, that they spent mm. time with something that I created. So to me, I'd like to go read them. Am mm-hmm. I happy when they don't give me a good review? No, because I don't know mm-hmm. a person who would be. But mm-hmm. I don't comment on them. I don't believe in commenting, cause especially not on Goodreads, where that's a reader space. I firmly mm-hmm. believe that. But I right. do like, and the, I don't. some people say do it, some people say they don't, but I do. If somebody gives me a four or five star review, I give it a like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a nod that says thank you without commenting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, you're one of the few that said they read. They read their. But the um, other thing is, how much if you can grow some thick skin, you can learn something from your reviews. You have to wade through a whole lot of stuff, though, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of it is people projecting their own personal opinions. But if Mm -hmm. you find a consensus through some of the reviews, you could learn something more from them. Mm -hmm. Like if they keep Mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, I wish that this would have happened," and multiple people say that. And not just people who just want to be hateful or just give everybody a two-star review or whatever, but they actually give you take the time to do a review and they say the same thing over multiple different people's reviews. It mm-hmm. might be something to learn for your own writing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I okay. go in with a learning mind and an appreciation, and I thank the ones with the good reviews. <laughs> okay. I do. <laughs> I do not like one or two or three star reviews i don't okay okay that's fair that's totally fair um what's the last romance novel that you read okay i just finished it happens one summer by tessa bailey Mm, and i mean i just i just love it her writing is so funny but what's funny is that like it's all like super rom-com happy notes but the the heat is all mm. there mm. every single time she writes a book the heat is right in there mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. when she did um window shopping for her christmas when you think oh it's like mannequin i don't know if you remember that movie mannequin which I oh yeah about. i remember it yeah, yeah yeah that's one of my favorite rom-coms too right but mm-hmm. it's basically that meets jess from new girl and but the heat even in this department store i mean it mm. is just I give like she's been added to my list of one mm. one click authors. Mm. Okay, okay. She's been consistent, very consistent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she does have some great stuff. I think. I- but I'm reading uh, anything once by Mika uh, James. Okay, right okay, and okay. she's bringing it too. Nice, nice. So, is there a okay? First of all, are you a movie watcher? And yes. if so, has there been a really good book to movie adaptation that you've seen? <laughs> <It's>... I <don't... laughs> I mean, they try. They try really hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to knock somebody's craft, but I am happy to see, like, when a movie, when a book is made into a movie, it means that they're at least looking for original content. 
and we're mm-hmm. not going to get a regurgitation of something else that's already been done a bajillion times. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like at least they're trying something new. Like even Bridgerton has people who like it and don't like it, et cetera, mm-hmm. based off mm-hmm. what was done on Netflix. But mm-hmm. it's an, an entry into something else that we haven't already seen on the screen. And mm-hmm. that means romance is getting a shot on TV. Yeah, I, yeah, and if I it's Shonda also, doing it, I'm for it. Yeah, and I also, also think, even if it's not, if you watch it, you're like, man, this isn't that good. I think it'll make people go back and read the book. Like, it'll exactly. make people go back and read the books and be like, okay, so what did they change? Didn't change whatever about this this adaptation, you know, do I like the book better, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're always in, inevitably probably- I always like the book better. The book better. Yeah, well, because yeah. the book gives you insight into someone's head and you have more details and your imagination is free. When you mm-hmm. watch a movie, it's basically put into a box. And so mm-hmm. you're not free to, to come up with things in your mind or those details or how they're feeling. They have mm-hmm. to convey it through visuals. We get to right. do it through words, which is so much more, I mean, descriptive, really, evocative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of speaking of um, movies, and I kind of hinted at this today, but if your book became a movie, who would you want to play the lead? It it, it doesn't have to be necessarily the friendship contract, but mm-hmm. any of your other books, if you if you want to talk about those, who would you want to play the lead? I mean, I thought your casting was right on point. I really <laughs> love her. Because when you What's describe her, her Logan, right? Logan, 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 Logan she is so uh, cute Logan to Browning, me. Gosh, yeah. she's so cute. Yeah, um, yeah. She, she, when you described <laughs> Allegra, I was like, "That's who I saw." Because she's like green eyes, kind of brown, light brown skin, blah blah blah. Mm. I was like, "That sounds like Lauren." It's kind of petite but curvy. I said, that yeah. sounds like Lauren. I mean, she definitely like, fits the the adaptation of it to yeah, a movie. Yeah. If if there was going to be an Allegra, I mean, when you when I get started writing, there's always a little fun casting my characters on Pinterest, and mm-hmm. so. Rihanna is the is the inspiration for her, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't I would rather have Lauren Logan sorry Logan's Logan. um mm-hmm. acting skills because she is versatile. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't good. I'm not saying I don't know what Rihanna can do acting, but I mean <laughs> I I haven't seen her do what Logan can do so far. Yeah, yeah. Logan so I'll just say it like that. Yeah. But yeah, she would yeah, be so yeah. cute. As Allegra, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you'd be mm-hmm. so cute. Mm-hmm. And um, now this guy, what did you say his name was? Sinwa. Sinqua Wall. So he was on. He he played um, Sean on Power. I don't know if you watched Power the first season. Mm-hmm. And then he was in that really cute Netflix movie with Christina uh, Milian. I think it's oh, Resort that's right. I knew I'd seen uh, him somewhere. Resort to Love, where he was coming yes. up out that water water girl, and he was. <laughs> That, you're so funny. You said that just like Martin used to say, water just glistening all over your body. Your body. It was like all over his body. It was too much. Like, ooh. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I would not mind wild. seeing that. He could play, Um, he could definitely play a Damon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't have it. any uh, actors other than my little casting. That guy who, I don't even know who he is, but I found a picture of him on a clothing ad on a Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And he was my inspiration. 
something about that like creased eyebrow frown that is so sexy <laughs> and um <laughs> I, I did a post on it on instagram but um he i just really like that little like that little frown that little crease right between his eyebrows mm, and it's like mm. really sexy and it's kind of like mm. halfway between a grunt and a groan and yeah mm. and then he has <laughs> forearms and he was not like like I like a lean guy, but he had he was thick in muscles, so mm-hmm. that was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so when you're riding, you you're so funny. Muscles. You're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I like picture it. Like, mm-hmm. I can see that. <laughs> yes, give me a little like doorway lean with some forearms showing, some thick muscles. Yes, a little scruff from a beard. Yes. What is it about romance and forearms? What is it? <laughs> what is because it? it's is like it? when it flexes, it's 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 mm. just beautiful. We're just appreciating the male form, like they've been <laughs> appreciating for a long time for us. That is so true. That's true. But well, we have a niche <laughs> on we have a niche on the forearms, though. I think for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So and a, and a happy you, trail. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Oh yeah. 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 I, yeah. Definitely. So, um, it, do you write some music, and if so, do you like make playlists for the stories or, or or novels that you work on? Now, when I'm writing, I cannot listen to anything but the fireplace, my little fireplace mm. app, or oh, what's that little relaxing sounds? Um, I can't even think about what it is. Relaxing like sounds, beat. coffee shop on YouTube. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> It, it plays jazz and it has like these little moving scenes with little fire, um, mm-hmm. fireplace and candles and there's snow mm-hmm. coming down on the outside. It looks so cozy and mm-hmm. it plays the jazz music. So I can, that's about the only thing I can listen to because it doesn't interrupt my thoughts or mm-hmm. silence. Mm-hmm. And I okay. talk to myself with accents. Just in case. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm super extra. Okay. Um, if someone was interested, like wanted to just kind of get their feet wet and like really delve into romance, what author, old and new, would you kind of tell them to read first? Well, it just really depends on where they want to go with romance. Because, mm-hmm. like, are we talking historical? Are we talking rom coms? Like, what? what avenue and i my when i'm gonna do someone's cover for dot covers i always ask them first question what what other books do you see on the shelf with yours and Mm -hmm. like if you were put on if your book was put on the shelf whose books would be next to it and that Mm -hmm. is what i would probably ask them because that is such an important question because it's saying what is your cover going to look like what kind of expectations um, are there going to be on the inside of the book from readers? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that go into that. And I think it's important to know where you're going and what where you fit before you, you know, decide to go outside the box. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. So I'm so not saying kinda... you have to stay in the box. I'm saying mm-hmm. know where to start so that you can know whether you want to stay in it or go out of the box. So, so really, you're just kind of taking folks' temperature and see where, like, like they're what they're like really feeling before you like make a recommendation about stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I want to give somebody what they like. Now, I mean, I could just list a whole bunch of my favorites, but mm-hmm. what is 
I wanted I want you to enjoy the experience and it's kind of like content warnings. If if it's gonna have something in there that you're immediately not gonna enjoy, I don't wanna give you that. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's that's really true. Yeah. How do you feel about like content trigger warnings? I know there's been a like a lot of talk about that. I just thought about about that as you said that in, in books I, I'm and okay with it. I mean mm-hmm. we're we're getting to a point in life where you know, people need to know what's in it. It's like the nutrition facts, okay? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's inside? Am I going to be good? Mm-hmm. Is this going to make me sick? Is it going to make, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to be healthy? That's right. basically what it is. So I don't have a problem with it. If it means, I mean, to me, can you just imagine if there's like a salt or something on the inside of the mm-hmm. book, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody's been through that. What a horrible experience that's going to be. If I could alleviate yeah. that for this person, and for myself, one, they mm-hmm. don't get something that they won't enjoy. And also, I don't get a one-star review because I didn't tell mm-hmm. them it was in there. Right, 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 right. I, to- I totally agree with you. And I like how you put it. Like, it's sort of like nutrition facts for the book, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, like, I mean, if know, you have an you allergy, know. don't you want to know peanuts are in there or something if oh. you can't eat peanuts? <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. come on now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you're so right. Um <laughs> I mean, so, that's just the gist of it. No, you're right, though. You're right, though. You're so right. I mean, I can't, I can't even <laughs> argue with that. Um, I, I mean, if you do, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, romance landing is so funny because we're so wide and diverse, but it's a, it's a whole lot of complaining and dumpster fires happening along with all the good stuff. So we, if there's true. something to, to argue or complain about, <laughs> we'll mm. find it. Or debate, mm-hmm. I should say debate. That's, that's true. It's lively debate, spirited debate. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see um, romance going in like the next decade? Or where do you, would you like for it to, to go in the next decade? Preferably uh, into a lot of hands in different formats still. So Mm -hmm. I just like the idea that we've got so many ways for people to read now. That's why I love audiobooks too, because can you just Mm -hmm. imagine a person who had Braille or did not, was not able to, or had to have Mm -hmm. somebody read to them and they lost that autonomy of the experience. Mm -hmm. Now you put an audio book in and you enjoy it, enjoy it by yourself Mm -hmm. without needing somebody to participate. It could still be a solitary experience for you. Or yeah. if you're just like me and you need to do dishes and laundry mm-hmm. and homework and all kinds of stuff, you could still be listening to a book while you get it all done. So That's I true. think it's just making it it more accessible to mm-hmm. more readers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, I, I mean, it feels like TikTok found a new audience, but I think mm-hmm. it's just made it palatable to more people in mm-hmm. different ways. So I yeah. hope that in the next decade like you said that it's more accessible to more people without limitations yes absolutely so when it's all said and done and you mia has written like 400 books <laughs> yes um, <laughs> what do you want readers to say about the books you write and one what do you want pe- people to say about the books you write and two as a black woman writing romance what do you feel like your responsibility is as a romance writer? If you feel like you have, I mean, you may not, but um, because I don't want to put that particular burden on you, but you may not feel like you have a responsibility as a romance writer culturally to kind of 
you know, uh-huh. get things out there. But that's kind of a two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me go with part one first. Um, with once my four hundredth book comes out, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yes. want people to to feel like, well, well, one, I want to be an autobi author for people where they're just like, mm-hmm. oh God, I know I can count on this good story from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be able to just fall into this story, enjoy, and then come out with a swoon or a cry or a laugh or some type of emotion because it felt good to read and I felt Mm -hmm. good reading it. So that's Mm -hmm. what I want people to feel no matter whether it's book number 16 or 400. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's consistent. And (laughs) like I have, I'll tell you, I'm a huge dreamer. So Mm -hmm. they will be enjoying the books, but then they'll also be going to see the movie. And then hopefully Mm -hmm. if Hasbro loves me and my love and game series (laughs) goes well, there'll be like Mm -hmm. a licensed board game um and all kinds of things video games and toys that you could get that have to do with my stuff um Mm -hmm. so that's part one (laughs) Mm. part two um as a black author yes i do feel like i have a responsibility to write not only who i see in the mirror but also who other people will see in the mirror um and by that i mean I want to write the rainbow. Yes, I am always going to have black characters. I think every one of my books has um, black characters in it, but I want them to feel true. I want you to feel like you know them, like you have a cousin or uh, a friend or you met a wild Mm. person at work. I want Mm. you to feel like you know them. Like like when I read um, Tasha Harris's books, Yes, I always yes. feel like I know those people. Like mm-hmm. I got some family members who, who are those people, and that's the kind of thing I want to make sure that people feel like they know the people, um, mm-hmm. and and especially black people. Yeah, say especially because yes. we get um, viewed incorrectly most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much focus on the trauma so much so much focused on the past and our hurt and pain instead of all the joy and the love and so Mm -hmm. like that's why i threw in you know singing to gladys knight and the pips or backyard barbecues and Mm -hmm. having so much fun and enjoying each other's company that happens too yes the bad stuff happens but that's not the only thing that happens and i mean i grew up in a family that's a rainbow but you always felt love and you always felt like you fit. And that's the thing that I think people miss about black people is that we are wide and varied in shade, size and everything, but we fit somewhere and Mm -hmm. we, we don't deserve to be ostracized or um, caricatured, turn into caricatures. Mm. Absolutely. So my responsibility is to write people who, you know, or who could be part of your family or Mm -hmm. your friend or your coworker or just anybody. And it doesn't have to be trauma. Yes, absolutely. So you hinted at at, at some, as what's coming next. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us what else is coming next? I know you you have some more um, indie stuff coming out, but you also have books coming out with Thule. So what, what are those books? Yeah. I got, I mean, I got so many things that I'm so excited about. Okay, so first, on the mm-hmm. self-pub side, <laughs> uh, 
Um, like I said, Brandon and Leah, I'm working on that. Also, um, three collaborative type projects. So one okay. is like a collective of authors. One is a holiday anthology and one is a New Year's anthology. So that's what's coming on self-pub in this year. Okay. And then, um, oh, and then the third book in this series, the Terms and Conditions series is going to come next year. Now mm. on the traditional side, I'm super excited because with Thule, I'm doing the Loving Games series. So mm. those are going to start coming March 2023. And awesome. I'm so excited. It is classic board games and love and family and sisters. And you know me, it's going to be trope-tastic. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to throw them all in there and see how I can weave them all together. And um, mm. hopefully some of it will be a little slowish burn. <laughs> Mm, okay, okay. Instead of instant so love, because I know <laughs> about as slow as I can go. That's all I yeah. say. Because I, I like to get them together. I love to see the happily ever after. It's so hard for me to write and want them so badly to be together. Like, hurry up and do it already. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, hurry up. they barely mean each other, and I'm like, but he loves you. It's because mm. I know they love each other, or they're going right. to end up loving each other. Right, but right. um, you know, I gotta help paint the picture. Yes, yes. So where, so where can we find you on social media? Where can we purchase most of your books? Okay, um, I'm always on Instagram at Mia Heinzelman mm-hmm. author, and I'm on Twitter because that's where you just find out what the heck is going on with the world. And I'm <laughs> at Mia Heinzelman there. I'm on Facebook occasionally like mostly author related stuff because I felt a lot of negativity there for a while. Mm -hmm. So I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, shifted my efforts. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. on TikTok. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mia Heinzelman author. I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on getting to, on being consistent and (laughs) really putting some stuff out there, but I'm trying. Um, Yeah. I'm on TikTok. TikTok TikTok is a young people's game, man. Like I I try and I'm, I'm trying to to get into it, but it's it's a young folks game. Somebody told me that if you want to be consistent on there, you need to do like three to five a day. No way. Way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, way, I don't have time for that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) So I was like, like, one or two. Mm -mm. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be consistent on a weekly basis. And. Mm But I think it's just really just kind of like including the process on there. So I'm going to try to get better on that. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, yeah, that's really it. So, and I'm also on BookBub and Goodreads and Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mia. Thank um, you, Tati. I appreciate it. I wish you much, much success with everything. And I hope everybody picks up the friendship contract and the new books when they come out with Thule. So they're going to be amazing. I know they are. So, because it's you. It's you. So they're going to be amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Mia Heitzelman. Um, you can, again, you can check her out on her website, miaheitzelman.com, which has all of her social media, 
as well as all her press and everything about her latest book releases, including the ones that will be coming out with Thule. So anyway, what's new in watching romance this week? So you know, Kenny, you know I'm on Love is Blind. I know that is your joint. Yeah. First of all, I'm going I'm going to be seeking out folks so we can have a little Love is Blind chit chat at the end of the season. The finale is this week, which is crazy because How was the finale this week? When did it start? I it only started a couple it only started two weeks ago. It started on the eighteenth. Okay. And so they dropped like five episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. Let okay. me say something. I don't oh, like I nobody. I don't like no by B. Like last season I was so enthralled with Cameron and Lauren and, and their story and it really got to me because it was a fresh and new concept. Everybody okay. was kind of green. But now I think it's just people who want to be on freaking TV. Okay. And it's, it's, it, it has changed. But you know what? We're going to have us a little kiki and talk with some friends about Love mm-hmm. is Blind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of the homies on here. We're going to talk about Love is Blind one one, uh, one day on Yeah, on I podcast. think it might be worth dedicating a whole thing, you know? Yes, yes, yes. We're going to definitely talk about it. Mm. But yeah, I, in addition to that, I've been watching Bel Air. Have you been watching it? On no, Peacock? but I know a lot of people have been watching it. I know it's supposed to be kind of like a dark version but I've heard it's really good I heard it it's is good. freaking amazing it is. first of all it's a beautiful cast of chocolate black people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just gorgeous black people but mm-hmm. you know Uncle Phil looking good he, he's supposed to be like an alpha and all this stuff okay. but, he, he, but he looks so good Aunt Viv, somebody said my friend uh, Janice said why is Aunt Viv more Aunt Viv that Aunt Viv was Aunt Viv. What? <laughs> what? Which meaning she's doing a hell of a job being Aunt Viv, mm-hmm. basically. Like, she's so Aunt Viv that you like, damn, she does remind you of dark I wonder if Aunt Janet Viv. Hubert has put her seal of approval on this. You know, she's very... I think she's going to have a little cameo in there, but but, nice. but that's, that's the rumor that it's going to be like a little cameo of her Okay. There. But oh, we'll nice. see. Um, but let me tell you something. It is so good. It's so dark. It's so different. It's touching on a lot of social issues and stuff mm-hmm. like that of the day. Um, shout out to them having a plus size girl as his love interest. Um, shout out to them having Jeffrey be so goddamn fine. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> I am so weak in the knees. I need to stand up because I swear to God, a British accent does me every freaking time. Okay. They got, they like, you know how Jeffrey in the original was like this. He was like snotty. He made little yes. sm- smart remarks and stuff like that. Well, in this one, yeah, he, he kind of makes smart remarks or whatever, but he's not really a butler. He's not really cooking. He's not cleaning. He's not doing any of that. So he's he not says, a good butler? Because Jeffrey took pride in his work. No, no, no. Listen, listen to it. Listen to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not a butler. He said he's the quote-unquote house manager. But when you watch the show, you realize it's really cold for something. Okay. He's not really, he's not really, he, Jeffrey got a little dark side. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. Jeffrey got a dark side. He, this sounds interesting. It's so, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And when I say Jeffrey be wearing them damn suits, well, he just looked like he smells so good. I just, I just want to <laughs> eat him with a spoon. Like, I don't know what is wrong with me, but every time I see that man, and then he was up there talking to some lady. I guess it was supposed to be Aunt Bill's. Oh, it was Aunt Bill's sorority sister. Okay. And she was like, hey, Jeffrey. Like, they had something going on. And he was like, what, you know, what's going What What a, what's going Because he's supposed to be, like, Jamaican, like, okay. a British Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And then he winks at her. I said, uh-uh, sir, you cannot do that. <laughs> How many episodes in is it? I, I think we're eight episodes in. Wow, okay. But 
it's so good. I think the newest episodes either drop tomorrow or Friday. Okay. But oh my oh my god, King, you have got to you have got to watch it. Okay. Oh my god. But whew, that Jeffrey, you're gonna be fanning yourself because he just too much. <laughs> Uncle Phil fine too now. Uncle Phil is fine. This is so funny because that's very different from the original. <laughs> so Uncle different. Phil and Jeffrey were absolutely not sex symbols, nor were they supposed to be. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. Aunt Bim is, is fine. Yeah. Hillary is fine. Will is cute. Carlton is mm, Carlton is not. I'm not gonna lie, Carlton is not. Okay. But, but the fact that you dislike Carlton so fucking much. Well, I mean, the that, original Carlton was corny, but I don't feel like we dislike. No, no, no. You are gonna hate this one? Oh no. He, you, but but see, look, but listen, it's a good kind of hate. Because okay. That's because that's, that's you know this boy is acting his ass off. Yeah, you know what course, I'm saying? He is acting. Yeah. And, when I say they took Carlton in a dark place, because I was like, gonna say Carlton see... was a very lovable, endearing character who we felt he was, and I feel like I feel like this Carlton is gonna have that turnaround and that change. Well, we'll when, he see. Gets, okay. when he gets the epiphany of who he is, but I don't want to give too much away. I want you, I really, really want you to watch it. Then we'll come back and talk about it. But okay. whole cast look good. Ashley, all the cute, cute kids. Because Ash, because Tatiana Ali was such a beautiful Ashley. So this Ashley, this Ashley, this too. Ashley is a brown, brown. She's not as dark as Tatiana Ali. You look at Tatiana; it's kind of chocolate. Yeah, but yeah. this girl is kind of you know probably about about your complexion or whatever. Okay. She has kind of curly hair, mm-hmm. but. Je- there's a scene where she like tries to go sneak and go go play games with some friends. <laughs> Jeffrey caught her oh, and was like, "I always know where you are. I always know where all of you are. Mercy. I don't know why you thought you was gonna sneak out the house or something like that. Sneak. Oh goodness! And he was in his suit and everything. I said, "Oh my god, that man is making me weaker than these. Stand <laughs> up, Tatiana. Stand up. Watching this show. <laughs> but he's so he was he's so fine, but." Uncle Phil is fine too, but the whole cast is amazing, amazing, amazing actor. Well, this is so quite good. an endorsement. And My shout goodness. out to the guy, I think his name is Michael Cooper, who made that original trailer for Bel Air, his kind of concept trailer for what Bel Air could be if it was dark and green uh-huh. and stuff like uh-huh. that. And the way that Will Smith poured love and stuff into him to get this made. Yeah. It's so freaking amazing. So I'm just happy amazing. it's been a success because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes with like a reboot of something, you just don't know. I think the black community has really come out and supported it because, you know, they did the reboot of the Wonder Years, which came up recently. The white people have been hating on it and trying to give it's it so negative good. reviews. It's and so I heard good. that was good. But because the it's Wonder so Years was such a show watched by white people and black, but mostly white, mm-hmm. I think they're really having a hard time adapting to the fact that this is a good quality show that now is a black cast. So they've what been you eating on it. Amazing. It's also yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's glad amazing. that we're, we've come out and we've supported this new Bel Air. I hope people go out and support Wonder Years the same way to show like them I, I like executives that they can do that and it exactly. can be successful. Exactly. And for but yeah, I've heard be... nothing but great things about this. So yeah, I'm, but I'm for, really it's, for it to that. be a reboot but not be so... Um, What's the word? I think with a reboot, cool. you have to you have to make it a little different because it yeah. can't be an identical thing. Yeah. And so I love that it's as you described, like the same but like darker twist, like really edgy. Twist to it. It's, That's it's, really I'll say edgy. I won't say edgy. dark. Okay. It's edgy. Okay. Because like the last episode left me with some really 
like some ass. I was like, I need fucking asses now. Well, the other but, thing is completely a, a sitcom. It there was were a, a couple sitcom. of heavy this moments. Is, is still, yeah. But like, too... you know, the episode where his dad didn't show up for him and stuff like, and the gun episode. But other than that, it was a very comedic show. This Does this even have any comedic parts? Or is yeah, it okay, like yeah, a drama? Yeah. Is a, it a drama? It's, it's a funny part in this. It's drama. It's drama. It's not drama D, but it's drama. But there are some funny parts. There are some funny parts, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay. But I will okay. say it is more leaning more toward drama. Okay. But, I mean, is it like All American, or you don't watch All American? I don't watch All American, but I know they're coming out with an HBCU one, and I ain't. Yeah, there's like either. a. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a spinoff that me and the kids won't be watching, but yeah, we like All American. I know that. I know they still got that same boy who was in that other HBCU show, on um, which was actually really good. The the quad that was on mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. he's on that one. Okay. Too. I guess he's his. I don't know. I don't know the show, but okay. he's in. The, I, I just saw the previews. I know that he's in that mm-hmm. one too. But and I, was it Tia Mari's husband? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Is his name? No. Cree is the Cor- son. Corey. Corey Hardrick is. In but you're not gonna watch it. I mean, no. We enjoyed All American. We're just not gonna watch the spinoff. We don't. The characters who they are gonna have in the spinoff aren't the our favorite characters in the show. Oh, so okay. it's just kind of no need, you know. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, have, you, have you been Ooh. watching anything else? Yeah, so this, I mean, this isn't my testimonial isn't as strong as, as the, the one for Bel Air. <laughs> but I saw a cute little movie over the weekend. It's been out for a few weeks. It's a Lifetime movie called Swim Instructor Nightmare. So this mm. is just an example, another example of Lifetime really stepping it up, you know, with movies featuring us. So this mm. was another all-black cast. Um, and it's about, you know, a man, a dad. He's um, played by C.J. Hammond, who's a singer. Um, yeah. He basically wants his daughter, who's 10, to take swim lessons because the daughter's a little bit scared of the water. There was an mm-hmm. incident in the water with her mom, um, who was struggling with alcoholism. I forgot the actress, beautiful lady, but mm-hmm. she's on, she's basically in rehab, and then she comes out. But he basically hires a swim instructor named Sabrina, a young girl, Sydney Ham, who, of course, is psychotic and falls in love with him. <laughs> And it's a typical <laughs> Lifetime movie, very satisfying with all its little twists and turns and cliches. You know, I love it. But again, featuring an all-black cast. Um, I love and, and wonderful, yeah. So they really And about swimming, because you know yeah, they can yeah. swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they so Sabrina's trying swim. to go out for like the U.S. team and all that stuff. So it's really, really cute. So if you haven't seen Swim Instructor Nightmare, see when it re-airs and try to catch it, you know, one of these weekends when they're replaying the movies. So Yeah, Yakini loves a good uh, yeah. Yeah. Thriller, thriller child. Yes, just, he absolutely. gonna tell you about a thriller. He's going to tell you about a thriller, honey. Yes. But I'm going to catch it. I really, really am. Because like you said, Lifetime, again, kudos yeah. to y'all. Yeah. Y'all have been stepping it. it up. Yes. Thank you. Kudos yeah. Lifetime to y'all. Mm-hmm. 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 So again, um, in Reading Romance this week, please pick up The Friendship Contract by Mia Heitzelman. I absolutely loved it. It is a Friends to Lovers, very steamy, very steamy uh, mm. book. All I have mm-hmm. to say is when they get to Hawaii and that thing gets to thinking, it is, <laughs> it is, it is serious. <laughs> it is serious. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I read it in the weekend. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it's a quick, it's a pretty quick read. It's under 250 pages. So um, I, like I said, I was able to read it in the weekend, and I really, really loved it. And again, she has a sequel coming out for that one too. Um, and nice. she has some other books coming out, but the friendship contract, super, super cute, by Mia Heinz woman. Okay. 
Cool. Also, in um this week, listening to romance, uh, I want to shout out the Life Writing Write Your Life podcast with one of my idols, personal idols, Tanana Reeve Do, one of the masters of horror and suspense for Black people, cool. um, paranormal horror suspense. Uh, she it has a podcast about writing and how to write with another writer, Stephen Barnes, Black writer. Um, and so it's all about kind of the process of writing and uh you know and from a very cultural kind of standpoint and so i just really been getting a lot of uh positive feedback and just positive energy from that um, podcast and just a lot of good tips nice so i really really enjoyed it i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and other other than playing elder bars i mean i don't know what's wrong with me but i've been playing nothing but (laughs) elder bars all week (laughs) um i haven't really been listening to anything else what about you well, no, I, I, I don't, I haven't been listening to anything special and listening romance, but one thing I thought was interesting was you had posted on our Instagram page, I guess, speaking of listening romance, you mm-hmm. talked about opportunities to become a reader of, you know, romance novels. You did a cute oh, TikTok yes, yes, with that yes. guy with the sexy deep voice, but mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting and probably untapped market that a lot of people aren't even aware of that if you feel like you, if you've been complimented on your voice, that mm-hmm. you could have a possible career or at least side gig in, in doing some reading. So I thought that was really cool. If you guys haven't checked that out, you know, Tatiana shouts out some places to go to learn more mm-hmm, about mm-hmm, it. Kind of like mm-hmm. doing voiceovers. I always thought yeah. I'd be good at voiceovers, not necessarily reading audiobooks, but just like, because mm-hmm. I have a voice that can sound very young. It can, you mm-hmm. can't really tell my race based on my voice. Like it's kind of a yeah, yeah. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always thought about doing that, but I thought that was really cool. So, I so check you, that and out. Like I, and like I say, when you, you could get into the union and stuff like that. You could get a SAG card for being cool. a voice actor and stuff. Yeah. And I think about all the sexy men who be on TikTok and, and stuff like that. I'm like, y'all are right. wasting y'all gifts. Do get these daggone, get this money. There's yeah. money to be made. Absolutely. There, and you probably so. don't have to go far. I mean, you might be able to do some stuff from home. I mean, I don't know. You have to have mm-hmm. your own, you know. But yeah, set up. Yeah. 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 And if you're, uh, another thing I want to mention, if you're also interested in that as well, if you if you have Clubhouse and the Clubhouse app, there are people who actually practice on there oh. reading reading excerpts from thrillers and stuff like that because they want feedback of how it sounds mm-hmm. before they go and record for somebody else. So you can actually see how the process is done. Oh wow! Um, kind of behind the scenes. I forgot to mention that, but yeah, mm-hmm. I really want somebody to come on the podcast so we can talk about. Um, audio narration. Oh, I think and, that would be so fantastic. I, I'm, I'm trying to cross my it. fingers. I'm yeah. going to see. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. Give I'm us that firsthand insight about the experience. What was it like getting into it? Yes. Was it competitive? Yes. Is it decent money? And is it mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. that? That'd be really great. So I love to have somebody on, and you and I can talk to them about that. Because yeah. I, I'm hoping crossing my fingers, I can get somebody who's one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. favorites in the in the romance genre she's probably super busy but mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna see I'm, I mean hey ain't nothing but a no you know what I mean that's you know, it yeah you know, but I'll, no I'll, I'll, ask. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you don't ask so I, I'm, I will see if she can do it cool um, so oh, cool. that'll be super awesome mm-hmm. so yeah you guys thanks for tuning in to this podcast yeah um we love you thank you for supporting us for our going on our third season which is crazy oh my goodness um and we're kind of halfway through the end to the end of the season which is crazy um but again we want to thank you thank you for your support of our men's round table again last week we love you guys for 
sharing and resharing it all over the place, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you all so much. And again, we will see you all next week. And don't have your shoes in the bedroom. Please don't do that. (laughs) Make sure you take that poll. (laughs) Don't be doing that. Talk to you guys later. Have a safe week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.